often there's this um this idea that the male has to be the strong one in the family mm. um they can't have any problems and uh you know i think that's uh that's not always the case i think males do struggle and they they need to be able to reach out Welcome to Push To Be More with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. This is a show that talks about stuff that makes life work. And to help me do just that, I'm chatting today with Darren Bennett from Fortin Property about where he's had to push through, the challenges he's had to face, uh, what he does to recharge his batteries, and, well, basically, where he sees being more. Uh, the show notes and transcripts will be made available on our website, pushtobemore.com, uh, which you can get access to for free. Just go to pushtobemore.com uh, to get those. And of course, if you're there, sign up for the newsletter, because if you're subscribed to the newsletter, all of this stuff comes straight to your inbox automatically. Yes, it does. Now, if you are watching the show, uh, you'll maybe notice I'm in a slightly different surrounding. I'm very excited because we are in our new studio and, and there are a few things still to set up, like microphones, that's the reason I'm using the AirPods, uh, but it is getting there and it's awesome. So um, yeah, keep watching. We've got some really funky studio stuff coming up. Anyway, all of that said, this episode is brought to you by uh, the Orion Media Podcast Network. Orion Media helps entrepreneurs and business leaders uh, set up and run their own successful podcast. That's what they do. Uh, Darren, you know what I've found running my own podcast to be utterly amazing, totally rewarding. It builds networks like nothing I have seen. It's unbelievable the doors that podcasting will open. And if you're wondering about whether or not to do podcasting for your own business, give Orion Media a try. That's A-U-R-I-O-N media.com. You can find them. Of course, they're linked on the website as well, but give them a call. See if they can help because they've got some really clever strategies uh, which will help you grow your uh, business using podcasts. In fact, if you're listening to this show pre-March 16th, uh, you might want to check out the event we're doing, how to use podcasts to grow your business, how to use podcasting to grow your business on LinkedIn. Do check that out. It's going to be epic. And I dare say, if you're listening to this after March 16th, 2023, then you'll be able to watch the replay. Oh, yes, definitely worth doing. Uh, we'll link to that on the website, pushtobemore.com. So let's talk about Darren. Uh, I'm going to have to read my notes. Uh, Darren is an entrepreneur with itchy feet and loves to travel. He co-founded Fortin Property with Omar and has been supporting international clients in the UK real estate market since 2012. He's worked with a host of developers, landlords, and investment agencies, and this experience has, has given him an excellent all-round understanding of how to achieve success with property. That's definitely not my story. I uh, just want to point that out. Uh, I, I could write a book on how not to do property. Uh, he and Omar formed the business resolving to offer clients something new and different, uh, better opportunities in the market, greater accountability and responsiveness, and ready access to genuine, honest advice. Sounds amazing. Uh, Darren, thanks for joining me on the show. Great to have you. Thanks, man. Good to be here. Oh, it's great. It's great to have you. Uh, I've been looking forward to this one because like I say, property is definitely not my forte. So having a property guru on the, on the show, I might have to pick your brains a little bit. Um, so yeah, so Darren, let's jump into this. Let's jump into the show. I know you've been really open, not just about your skill with property, uh, but about your struggle with 
mental health. So I want to jump into that if we can. I said it in the in the bio, you've got it, you see, you travel a lot, you've got a brand new family. Uh, well, I say brand new. To me, it's brand new. Uh, it's it's kind of new. Um, and you run this property business in the midst of what can only be described as political and economic turmoil. Um, all complaints, all complex things to juggle while suffering with depression, struggling with mental health. So I'm really keen. Let's start there. What's been the key for you uh, in 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 managing all these all these balls that you seem to be juggling? I mean, it's challenging. Um, all of it is is challenging, both personally, um, you know, in and outside of the work. Um, very, very difficult. I think um, the main thing is you've got to keep focused on your goals. You've got to keep focused on what you want to achieve, um, and sort of take each day as it comes. I, I think um, to to try and plan five years, ten years in advance now is is very difficult because of everything that's going on. So, um, so yeah, I think. Taking each day as it comes, and, um, and just trying to enjoy it. I think along the way, um, I think we often lose sight of that sometimes. So, mm. yeah, certainly enjoy the um, enjoy the experience. I think is, uh, is, is enjoy the enjoy the work. So, are you one of these guys that would normally set like goals or um, sort of five ten years in the, in the future? And you said it's difficult to do that now. Is that your default, or is that just something that never really you never really did anyway? I used to when I was younger to try and set sort of life goals or, you know, five, 10 year goals in advance. But, um, you know, running your own business, you know, of course you can have a vision for that company, but, you know, everything changes. We've seen that with obviously the, the state of um, the politics and everything that's gone on and Brexit. You know, you've got to be, you've got to be ready on hand to, to be able to change very, very quickly and adapt to market situations. So, of course, it's good to have that long term. But I think it's also about being realistic and, um, and, and sort of, you know, we try to plan six to sort of 18 months, maybe 24 months in advance mm. and really get up, deal with that and then, and then plan forward from there. So I think that's more important, smaller bite-sized goals now, um, more achievable. It's actually more rewarding as well. When you hit a goal and you, you achieve it, it gives you the optimism yeah. that you can go on. Go on. Uh, there's nothing like waiting five years for a goal and. Often, you generally find that if you if you set yourself a five year goal, it'll take you till the fifth year to do it. If you set yourself a one year goal, then you're more than likely to achieve it in the one year. So, um, I think that's more important, really. But difficult, it's, it's, it's very challenging. Yeah, it, I think it's difficult in the current climate because you just don't know what's going to happen, do you, in the next four to five years? Um, yeah. But I. I, I, I get that there are goal setting experts listening to the show just going, well, hang on a minute. No, no, no. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, as, which I don't, I, is not what I think you're doing, but I get the point that actually, um, the need to sort of focus on something for the next 12 to 18 months. But I'm curious, how has your struggle with mental health? Uh, how how have you? I mean, you you sort of say you you do these short term goals, but how do you how do you on a day to day practical basis um, deal with uh, the, the the struggles of mental health and the you know the 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 business as it were? In truth, it's it's very challenging. It's very very difficult. I think 
the, the thing that has helped me most and um, and there's a certain stigma around certainly with males is, is having somebody there to talk to you know i have a therapist i've had it uh, lost five or six years and it's a huge benefit um you work through your problems together you've got to be open and be able to discuss them and no matter how big the conversation is or how big the topic is and um, you know you start somewhere and i think that to have a long-term uh, whether you look at therapist, mentor, however it is, and it's have somebody there outside of your family, your friends, your work environment is a huge, is a huge help. So mm. for me, that's key. Um, that really is key. And, um, and I think, you know, bringing it back into business life, it's, it's, it's about trying to, trying to get through the day and trying to set yourself those mini goals to know what to aim for, whether it's a weekly goal, whether it's a monthly goal or a quarterly goal, breaking it down, making it more, making it more achievable and, and seeing something at the end that is, gives us that positivity. And I think yeah. sometimes manager of depression is not everybody can understand what it is or exactly how you feel, but certainly there's a negative feeling there. There's a cloud, there's a heavy feeling. So you know, to give us some optimism, positivity, it definitely helps. It certainly, certainly helps. So, the these smaller these smaller targets uh, have definitely helped me over the last few years as well. Mm. And trying to share that with people around me or the team, and um, to also do the same um, because things go so quickly at the moment. You know, before we know it, where it's summer, and you know, you you feel like you're wasted or you know, lost three four months have gone so quickly. So you, um, I think those, these smaller, smaller targets are definitely, definitely a big help. A big help. One. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and it's interesting you talked about, there's a couple of things that I want to pick up on if I can. Um, the first one you mentioned was the stigma associated with, um, depression, mental health issues, certainly for men. Um, and the second thing was that you, you sort of see a therapist. I remember the first time we spoke, you're like, I think everyone should see a therapist or just everyone should Absolutely. do that, whether they struggle with depression or not. So I'm curious to dig in. Let's dig into the therapist thing first. Why, why do you think everybody should see a therapist? Well, the same reason that you go to the dentist or you go to the doctor to get a checkup, um, you know, it's or the same reason that some people go to the gym is to keep healthy, you know, to condition their body. I think we all need it to condition our mind, you know, it's complex, a complex thing. And, um, you know, we're surrounded by negativity, you know, media, social media, um, everybody is perhaps portraying an image that is not genuinely them, or we're always given negative news. So I think to have somebody there to help condition your mindset and to actually make you realize you know, what's inside of you and what gives you that drive. I think it's so important now. Um, mm. so I have family, I have friends that go to see therapists and everybody has their own problems, their own issues. And, and I think it's mm. a safe place to talk. I think it's a place that you can go without having judgment as well. I think that's the key. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a safe place for people to, to go there and, and, and talk and reflect on, um, maybe how they felt during that week or an experience that they've had and that they've overcome. So yes, um, it's vital. I think it's more, uh, in some ways, I think it's up there with 
um, you know, the necessity to eat and drink. Um, I think yeah. have there. It's, it's just as important. But I Was think that, around, um, I think this, well, the stigma around uh, males doing it is often there's this, um, this idea that the male has to be the strong one in the family. Mm. Um, they can't have any problems. And, uh, you know, I think that's, uh, that's not always the case. I think males do struggle and they, they need to be able to reach out. And we also have one of the highest amount of suicides, don't we? Amongst the young yeah, men at the do. moment. Um, yeah, big problem. Social media definitely doesn't help. Uh, <laughs> definitely doesn't help the situation. No, I, I, I don't think it does. I don't think it does at all. And it's interesting you mentioned that actually, because I, I have, I mean, I have real issues with social media in a lot of ways because of what it does for your mental health. But I mean, that, you know, that's maybe another soapbox for another day. Um, but I am curious for you, Darren, at what point did you decide I need to go see a therapist? Because you said you, you this, you've been seeing a therapist like seven years. And I'm curious just to dig into that a little bit because it, there is a stigma attached to it. So there was something you had to overcome to go, yeah, this was a good idea. And I'm curious, what was that turning point for you? What was that? I started out with marriage counseling. So I was previously married and um, we agreed to do um, counseling for that. And then eventually the marriage ended and I continued the therapy and that led into um, sort of further things. And, and I, I had therapy for about three years. I stopped it for about a year. And then one of my good friends passed away and I sort of picked it back up again and felt the urge to, to sort of recondition and to talk to someone about the mm. situation, how I felt about it. So really the, the, the plot that kicked it off was, was a, was a failed marriage, which, um, seemed to be becoming more and more popular these days. Um, oh, as well. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. It seems like it's part of life now. Um, to to that's a failed marriage, but um, yeah, that that was really what 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 started it off, and um, and, and thankfully still there, um, still doing mm. therapy with the same person, um, and it's and it's really helped. Um, I've actually, I actually don't have a business coach or or a mentor or anything like that, but I combine the two into therapy. Yeah, well, I find it find it that helps. Yeah, that's a good point. I have, um, I have a coach, a mentor in business and I coach and mentor other people in business. And sometimes there is this sort of fine line, isn't there? It's like, is, is, is this therapy? Is this coaching? I don't know, but we seem to be enjoying ourselves and it seems to be helping. So that's good. Mm. What would your yeah. advice be then to someone who's maybe listening to the show who is struggling a little bit from a mental health point of view and how how would you go about finding a therapist? I mean, what would be some of the things that you would advise them? Well, they actually find it's more difficult to speak to friends and family sometimes about mm. issues um, that you may have. And um, it's like getting advice from a friend when you're ill or from a doctor. I think it's quite clear that you'd rather go to a doctor to give you mm. medical advice. And I think the same is with therapy. Um, so actually, I find it, we still find it quite difficult to talk to friends and families about things. So, you know, there's lots of things now. Um, we, we've signed everyone up to Bupa and everyone in the company has private, um, medical, uh, insurance. So they can oh, go wow. through that at any point. They can, they can sign up. They can, someone you've got the NHS as well. You can go through that or you can do it completely private. So you, you can search on Google 
and um, whether you actually physically go and see someone or whether you do it, you know, like this remotely uh, mm. video calls, they're both really, really helpful. Um, so it's, it's quite easy to access and obviously it can vary in price depending on how many sessions that you do, uh, how often you do. I mean, I do it once a week and that's going to be up to twice a week now. So, mm. um, it's kind of there. Some people do it once a month, but I think it's, I think it's a topic and a, and a, a program that you need to do regularly. You can't just do it once and then leave it for six months and come back. You have to mm. yeah, at it because it does, um, unravel more things and, uh, quite an uncomfortable experience really is uncomfortable, but at the same time rewarding. So yeah, highly, highly recommend it for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine who is a counselor, he, he was saying that, um, he does a lot of work, um, through the website, betterhelp.com. Um, and so this seems to be coming up quite a lot of places. So if you do need the therapist, you're struggling with mental health, do get help. Um, and a great website to help you get started is betterhelp.com. Um, I, this is not a paid affiliate or anything like that. I just know there are some really great people on there that can help you, uh, with just sort of get going with the whole therapy and counseling. So do check that out. And of course, if you are a male and campaign against living miserably, calm, uh, is a great charity that helps, um, men as well with, uh, mental health issues. So you can check them out. C A L M campaign against living miserably. Um, I'm sure they'd love to help as well. So you've, you've got this underlying depression, uh, which you seem to be managing. Well, you, you've got your therapy, you've got sort of short-term targets and goals. So. Put that aside, how, how have you found it running a property business um, in the current economic climate? I mean, that just strikes me as a challenge in itself. Challenging in every aspect. Um, there's, there's the challenges in the, in the industry that have never really changed. And then you've got new challenges. And obviously, um, you know, we had the Brexit situation, which there's always an opportunity in a crisis. So obviously the Brexit situation happened and the opportunity was the devaluation of the pound. So it yeah. did mean that if, if you're an overseas investor and, and you look to the long-term stability of the UK, questionable, but the property market itself, if you look to the stability, mm. you're actually doing very well buying pounds because of the, the depreciation. If you fast forward, and obviously we had super, super low interest rates for such a long time, and obviously they've started to really hike back up, and that has made life quite difficult for mortgage buyers, for current mortgage mm. buyers that are the general, you know, homeowners as well, um, but also for new investors entering into the market. And it affects everybody, um, you know, it affects developers because when they're buying and they're building, they're using finance as well. So obviously that has to push up the values because they need to pass yeah. that cost on. Um, and that obviously suppresses the, the return because, you know, higher, higher, um, higher build costs, higher land costs, um, higher values, obviously, you know, the rentals have increased as well, but not in the same avenue as, or not in the same spectrum as, as the, as the property value. So. You know, for buyers entering into the market, it's now becoming that where they may be transacting at maybe 6% yield, they now need to be seeking 8% for an example. So it, it just makes it that it's difficult. There's an, 
a limited amount of supply at the moment anyway. Um, and so that, that has really come along in the past six months, I think. There yeah. is rates that are dropping, but they're nowhere near what they used to be. Um, you know, they're still very, very expensive. Um, so you, you have those problems that obviously, you, you know, we've had to deal with. Um, we switched the business model slightly. So we've now heavily focused on property management um, as well. Mm. We run that by the sales and that offers the business stability, residual income, um, which is, which is quite good. Um, but you still have the same problems in the industry. You know, it's just very, very slow to do business. Of course, there was examples out there where people are exchanging and completing very, very quick. Um, but as a, as a, as the norm, you know, it's just very cumbersome. It's, you know, it's six, six months, four to six months for a buyer, uh, to complete on a transaction, you know, moving house, you know, mm. if you're selling generally a six month transaction and it's very, very painful. Um, yeah, so there's yeah. a lot of business struggling at the moment through cash flow, really are struggling. Like we say, out every crisis, there is an opportunity as well. So there's a lot of people that are sitting on money at the moment, building up good cash reserves. And, you know, for the right thing, they're able to pick it up quite cheap and make good money mm. from it. So cash is king at the moment. Definitely. Um, uh, cash is always king. Yeah. Always king. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it is a big advantage at the moment, but you know, those, those investors are, like I say, seeking those higher returns, whereas you know, they would have been taking a couple of percent more six months ago. Yeah. So, yeah. You just it's really interesting pushing. you talked. Yeah, it's interesting you talked about how you've pivoted your business. Um, so you're now doing a lot more property management. And my, I'm not a property expert, Darren. And I, what I hear you say is, um, you know, buying and selling property is good, but it, it's a bit boom bust. You, you know, it's, Whereas property management is a bit more um, of a consistent cash flow, right? So it, it 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 sort of covers your basic overhead costs, and then the property sales on top of that are a wonderful thing. It's actually I actually call this the shoal hammer effect for reasons I won't bore you with. Um, but it's 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 really interesting that you so have you found that switch to trying to generate smaller amounts of income, but on a much regular basis to help you uh, through the through this period. It's been challenging because we built the business up through referrals, you know, ever since I run my own business, it's always been referrals. We don't really have a large marketing footprint. Don't spend money on marketing. Mm. We, have, we have a little bit of social media, but it doesn't, it's more brand awareness than anything. It doesn't, we don't pay for any leads or business to come through yeah. that. So it, it takes a lot of networking. It takes a, a lot of relationship building to have and people and companies that trust you to refer clients to you. Um, but once you have those relationships established, the aim is that new business just keeps on coming in. So we've, we've grown, we've sort of, we've doubled the property management in the last year, and we're looking to double that again in terms of the amount of properties, the management. Um, and that is really a security for us. It's, um, firstly, it gives the business a value. Um, because if we were to ever sell the business, that's what, well, that's what we'd be valued yeah. on, um, yeah. which is for us, but it also provides security for all of the staff that all their costs of wages are covered. Um, 
and obviously gives us some, hopefully some profit as well. And like you say, the sales on top of it are, are the, um, you know, is, is the extra bit of, is the extra bit of profit. And of course, you know, when it's good, you make the most of it. Um, but when times are bad, you can almost fall back on that property management income. Mm. That's really been the plan for us. And, and, and it's definitely the plan this year going forward. We're of course, you know, eager and still doing more sales. Um, you know, we're still quite active there, but really our, um, our focus this year is the, the property management. So where do you see, I'm just kind of curious, you, maybe you'll know better than the most, but where do you see, um, where do you see things like interest rates, the economy? What, what's your sort of prediction if you have one? Or is it just like, we genuinely don't know because it's just all so crazy right now? I think everyone in some ways obviously can make a calculated judgment, but the reality is nobody actually knows what's going to happen. We've seen it with the property pricing. Everyone has had speculation that it's going to drop. Others say it's fine. Others say we're going to have a boom. You know, no, nobody really knows. But I suppose, um, I, I suppose my, my thought is that I think interest rates will drop. The base rate will come down nowhere near mm. to back what it was. You know, I think mm. those days are gone for quite some time. I think there's a lot of money in the system at the moment. You know, we're still, um, we've got all the bounce back loans, all the government support from COVID as well. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of money circulating around, but I do think that investors are going to have to get used to these newer, newer rates and, um, and something's got to give, I think, um, because developers are genuinely struggling to build, um, and you know, for as long as they struggle to build, my view is that property prices will remain high because there yeah. is enough coming through to the market, but there is still the appetite for people to buy. Now, whether they can or can't buy, that's a different question, but they have the appetite to buy, move home, downsize, upsize. So, um, I really think that the government needs to, the main thing I personally think is the government needs to evaluate their planning departments to really free up and make the process easier for these developers, which will, um, which will drive things forward. So, um, so let's see. Um, but yeah, I think in short interest rates will come down, but nowhere near to where they, nowhere near to where they were. Maybe where they were. It'd be interesting, won't it? Because I, I mean, I know you have, um, when we were talking before, you've got a, a, a quite a new family, haven't you? And well, a new addition to your family, a, a younger addition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my kids are the other side of the spectrum. Uh, so, um, I have two boys, both at uni, both sort of figuring out what they want to do for a career. And I look at them and I think, how on earth are you guys in the next few years going to get onto the property ladder with interest rates being the way they are and with, um, you know, with property prices being the way they are. So it just doesn't make, I don't understand how they would afford, uh, unless, you know, I get involved and, and help them out. Um, but I, I think being a first time buyer in this current market, I mean, that, I don't know what your experience is here, Dan, but for me, that is, I, I, I just don't see how a lot of people can afford to buy a property now. It's true. But then again, I mean, my parents probably thought the same, me growing up, how on earth is yeah. hot kids could get this and somehow. You know, some of us do and, and some of us 
obviously rent and I think it it is a difficult thing but I, I also think that more needs to be done from the governments you know it, it it's all well and good saying well that's what the prices are and um you know but like I say you know freeing up planning departments making it easier um making it easier for these developers to actually build out um will will you know relieve uh relieve some 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 stress on the market yeah, I, yeah. I, I do think it's going to be difficult. I mean, now, you know, to buy into London, unless you are getting a big bonus or, you know, you're on a very healthy pay packet, you know, the, the days of buying into London are quite difficult now. And, and, and mm. it's not necessarily about if you've got the deposit or not. It's, it's also linked to your salary because the banks are only the lend, you know, between five to five and a half percent on your salary. So if you're on a hundred thousand, now they give you a loan of half a million pound, um, which is still a good loan amount. But then if you don't have the deposit for it, or you need, you need a higher loan to value, for example, it's just not going to work. And the, and the banks are restricting that obviously, because they don't want to repeat 2008. So yeah. It, it is challenging. Um, I, I, everyone's trying to cool down the market, but I don't think really people can call down the market and I think the people that are responsible for doing it or pointing fingers outwards rather than inwards mm. is my um we've seen it recently yeah. with talks of control in London um you know controlling trying to control a, a, a rental price is in my opinion the worst idea ever because you are then landlords are going to leave the market which yeah. means there's even property available which means actually the rents go higher why not allow developers to build more people into your planning departments into your councils and encourage developers to build and therefore your rents won't increase as much as they have done that's, yeah that's my view on it but of course we've got a housing minister that doesn't last more than three months so it's quite <laughs> difficult to do isn't it uh, well they're lasting longer than the prime ministers at the moment no, it's well, true. And I, 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 yeah. I was um, I was reading in the paper the other day that they have this issue in Scotland, don't they? That they because they have rent controls up in Scotland. That actually a lot of the buy to let um, uh, guys now are just going, yeah, I'm out because I it just doesn't make sense. And so now there's a big shortage of property for people to actually rent. So um, it is an interesting problem. The so, other thing is, well, I mean, mate, you've got just just to, just to add to that. Sorry, you, you've also got because of the. Because of the interest rates are so high now, um, and because of the the property values, there's a lot of landlords that are now choosing to do short term lets to make back the loss that they that they are making. Because also the government is you know putting a lot of tax uh, implications on on buy to let landlords. So the idea of short term lets is great, but it doesn't cater towards an individual or a couple or family that mm. wants to rent some twelve months. Who actually it removes the availability of long-term property that's available to rent. So actually, that it's, it's a double-edged sword here. You're making it that there's not enough property available. The ones that are available are on short-term lets. Uh, and, you know, so you've got this problem with the rental market and also getting onto the property ladder. So it's, it's a very, very tough time at the moment for, for property buyers. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure how long no, that I, I change. I, I don't know either, uh, Darren. It's an interesting one. I, I do know that my son at uni, he's he's become very aware of things like van life. 
<laughs> you know, so I'm just going to live in the back of a van for a few years, dad, at uni and save myself all that money. And I'm like, well, I, I can totally see why you would. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, um, it's an interesting one. So let's switch gears a little bit, Dan. What do you do? Um, I mean, you've talked a little bit, I suppose, about your, um, so you, regular therapy, but do you do anything else to sort of fill your tank, recharge your batteries? Traveling is the big thing. We've recently just come back to London, um, but I was um, I was traveling with work, sort of a bit of a nomad following my partner, um, and we did quite a bit in South America, Central America, and most recently we were over in Southeast Asia. Uh, real good buzz from traveling. Mm. Mixing with different cultures, eating different foods gives you a satisfaction that's, you know, that might be brilliant. Um, mm. and, uh, yeah, very lucky to be able to do, to do both. So for me, the traveling is a, is a big thing, but obviously, um, the more you eat, you kind of got to exercise a little bit as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. So do, do try and do the, the both of them. Not, nothing, you know, no, um, CrossFit or marathons, anything like this, but. Just, just general, general good, good up. General fitness. Um, general fitness. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's the, that's the main thing for me. I'd recommend it to anyone, you know, if your job does allow you to work and you're good at what you do and you, you, you've got dedication to be able to, to get the work done in time then do, do experience traveling. Um, you know, try and live abroad. It's mm. not, it's not for everyone. Not everyone can do it. And also some people don't want to do it, but. If you do have itchy feet like I do and uh, and you want an excuse to get out, try and find a company that offers that. Um, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. We allow everyone to be hybrid, uh, to work from home. Mm. Obviously, some some jobs do dictate that, you know, we need to be a bit closer. Um, you know, we need to be around the properties, but for some of the staff, they don't need to be, so they can literally be anywhere. So, um, yeah, it's uh, anywhere in the world. Good job satisfaction for them. Yeah. 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 I get that. I, I I get the um the the appeal in the last few years of things like the digital nomad visa, which allows you to travel and you know work remotely because you've got a job. And there's a lot of countries that are sort of welcoming you in now. Um, it's interesting, is it? How did you get started in travel? Did you just just happenstance, or was it uh, very intentional? Uh, I think I think when I was younger, I, I did enjoy you know, any. Any opportunity I got, I just wanted to go and see something new, experience something new. Or I've always been into food. I used to be a chef, so for me to go and try new food was always was always good. Um, mm. And I think just you know I was quite lucky with some of the jobs I did. You know, my, you know, my, my salary was quite good, and you know, you'd go away at Easter and Christmas and mm. things like this, try and experience new things, and um, and then sort of fell into running my own business and kind of. Um, took advantage of that a little bit more, you know, traveling and working abroad and, um, sort of put a bit of a bucket list together, I suppose, of places mm. that I want to go. We did actually quite a bit of traveling through COVID. Once I managed to get out of the UK, it was actually fairly easy to move around, but, um, we have a, we have an office in Kuwait as well. Obviously my business partner's from there. So I do try and get out there once, twice a year. Um, mm. And, and then I was also sort of back and forth living in Dubai for about a year and a half as well. So, you know, that, that kind of, um, I suppose that urge to keep moving and to keep traveling is, is quite exciting, really. Maybe I'm running from something. I don't know, but no, it's definitely, 
<laughs> it's definitely a nice it's definitely a nice experience plus i love the sun um you know that is the main thing yeah yeah it's, yeah it's yeah. a summer holiday over a winter um so i think that's where it really starts any holiday that i had i would always choose a hot country and then i think i just kind of exploited that and thought let's just keep going to hot countries and obviously south and central america and southeast asia are all pretty much hot so um so yeah that was a real real sort of bonus for me it's um yeah yeah that yeah. sounds awesome i'm I'm very envious of people that, that travel uh my daughter, i'm back here now in london so yeah no needs to be envious now <laughs> yeah, it's true. I was in London at the weekend. I, I don't envy people living in London. I'm not going to lie. Um, but no, just the travel. And I, I've been talking to my wife about it, actually, because the nature of my job is actually, I don't need to be here. I, we could do um, her job's a little bit different. So I think it's a slightly different conversation. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a possibility, you know, that idea of when Zoe, my daughter, has sort of got through her exams in the next year or two. To spend in sort of four or five years traveling before you get to the next phase of life. Why not um, see the world in a different place? So, what do you? What are your plans? Uh, you, I guess you, you know, you, you don't think too far in the future. You don't think four or five years in the future. But what if you had, if you had a little wish list of things that you know could happen for you, for family, for the business? What, what would it be? The business is still a startup. So we're two and a half years in, and we're obviously still trying to grow that business, not in terms of numbers of stole or, um, you know, we're just trying to stabilize the business, really. We, I, there, there's opportunity coming, I think, but also for us, it's more about stability. Um, mine and my of that is really to be, um, more of an advisory consultancy business rather than being a team of 40, 50 people. You know, there's eight of us at the moment. Um, including myself and Omar, and we plan to stick it to around that size, uh, you keep yeah. it there. So really, you know, over the next two years, three years, it's, it's, it's just about stability, regular income for us, um, to repay some of our investment we put into the business. Um, we don't foresee wanting to sell the business at all. Um, it provides good long-term income for us both. Um, so that. On the business side of things, that's really just navigating through the storm at the moment and, and trying to deal with, with that. Um, so that's, that's kind of our, our key area of focus and just keep trying to enjoy life. I suppose keep traveling, keep seeing different things. Obviously, I've got a 10 month old baby. So that's, um, that's an experience, uh, seeing her grow up. So it's a challenge in its own right. Yeah. You know. It is a challenge. And, um, you know, that, that's the plan for us really. Um, so, yeah, just kind of trying to juggle the two, really, and uh, mm. yeah, just, just enjoying it, um, just trying to enjoy life. Um, I know it's a bit cliche, but um, if you live every day like it's your last, then one day you'll be right, won't you? So, um, <laughs> it's, it, I don't mean it's to true. go leather every single day, but, you know, if there is one thing that comes up as a problem, you know, Join, mm. um, you know that it's tomorrow, for example, and just to, just to keep moving forward. Yeah, so, yeah. Cool. Top advice. Top advice. Yeah. <laughs> so, Darren, listen. As we, uh, I'm aware of time, right? And um, uh, these conversations always have a habit of going super quick. Um, but as you know, this show is sponsored by Orion Media. 
which specializes in helping folks, people like yourself, people in business, uh, and set up and run their own podcast. So I'm kind of curious if you had a podcast yourself, who would be a guest on the show and why? Anybody past, present, or future, someone that's had a big impact on your life, who would it be? I'd love to interview my granddad. He passed away a good few years ago now, but I think he would be one of the first people that, I, that I'd get onto it. Um, mm. Lived a completely different life. He was, uh, he was the village man that everybody knew. Uh, so humble and, um, yeah, just, just, just a, just a, an amazing guy. Um, sort of my hero growing up, really. So I think that would be, that would be somebody that I'd love to, um, that I would, that I would love to interview. Um, I, I'd actually like as well, um, Alex, Alex Ferguson as well, for something, you know, growing up when I was younger, uh, I love football, unfortunately I support Tottenham. Mm. So it's not, it's not the best of, it was never the best, it's never the best of years for us, to be honest, but his, his um, I think his mentality yeah. to just keep going year after year, if you look now yeah. in football, you Managers really only have 18 months to 24 months. Mm. And he had this ability to keep rejuvenating, to keep, to keep, um, when somebody did leave, you know, and we see this in, in work life, you know, you can be an owner of a company and your, your number one salesperson leaves and you've got to have this mentality mm. to, to keep going. And, um, yeah, Ferguson had that, you know, he had some really sort of big name footballers playing for him. They left or they got old and they retired. And he kept having the ability to bring, yeah. to bring through people. I think it's an amazing skill to have that, that, that yeah. sort of um, man management or person management to be able to get the best out of someone. So I think that would be my two to start with, um, my mm. two, but for the others. But um, yeah. it'd be a really interesting guess. I, I mean, I, I, I can see why you'd like to interview your granddad because I'd love to. I never really knew my grandfather, so I'd, I'd be the same. I'd like, I'd, I'd just love to know what kind of people they were. Um, but I, I, like you, I'm not a Man United fan, uh, but I, I do think Alex, Alex Ferguson is one of those guys where you're just like, I would love to have a conversation with you um, and just understand your sort of viewpoint on life because he was so successful and so dominant for such a period of time. The irony is, of course, um, for those listening outside of the UK, Alex Ferguson was a football club manager, Manchester United. Um, if Alex Ferguson was appointed to a club now, he would be sacked, wouldn't he? Because he didn't actually have success for a little while. Um, and he nearly so, got so, sacked so, that man as well. Yeah, yeah. They're really interesting, isn't it? And actually then it all came good for him. And so, um, so yeah, interesting podcast guest there, Darren. Very interesting podcast guest. If you do so, get him signed up, let me know. I'd love to come on as a, as a joint host. <laughs> so. yeah. Yeah. yeah, be part of the crowd. Uh, let's do it. Oh, yeah. We'll do it live, and we'll have people come. And yeah. no, it's awesome, man. Listen, how do people reach you? How do they get hold of you if they want to do that? Uh, so our website, fortenproperty.co.uk. I think it's here on the on the banner as well. I'm quite active on LinkedIn um, as well. So if you search, if you go into our website down at the bottom, there's all the social media icons. We're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. Um, and of course, my details are on the website as well. You can just click on the about us. All of our team is there phone number, email, um, and feel free to reach out and, um, yeah, I'd love to have a conversation with anyone, anyone needs any help advice. We do, I do some charity work as well, sort of helping, um, younger people, um, maybe people from, um, 
or less privileged backgrounds really just to help them sort of sort out their CVs, give them some, some mm. advice. Um, it's a brilliant charity, um, run by a really, really good guy, Kevin. And, uh, yeah, just doing some amazing things. The details are on my LinkedIn, actually go on, just scroll down to the, the jobs I have or the roles I have and it's, and it's there, um, bridging barriers. It's fantastic. So, Great. Um, they're a really good guy. So, um, yeah. Anyone else Fantastic. wants any advice? Help. Let us know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll do link through to Darren. We will, of course, uh, link to Darren in the show notes. We'll also run a link to his LinkedIn profile and to the charity as well. Sounds great, actually, uh, that whole side of things. So, oh, Darren, listen, it's been an absolute treat, but I'd really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, time has flown by. Uh, and uh, all the best with the 10 month old. Uh, as well as the the business uh, and 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 all that, but thanks for sharing. Thanks for being super kind with your your wisdom and your insight, especially around the mental health thing. I really appreciate that. Lovely. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me as well. Been great. No, oh, it's been fun. So there you go. I know that pushed to be more podcast. Uh, big shout out again to Darren for joining me. What a legend. Uh, enjoyed that conversation. If you do struggle with mental health or depression. Uh, as I said, a good website, betterhelp.com, is a great place to go and access um, a whole uh, bunch of that uh, counsellors and therapists. They're all on betterhelp.com. Do check them out. Or campaigning against living miserably is another good place to go. Um, so, yeah, thanks, Darren, again for joining me. Uh, big shout out to Orion Media for sponsoring the show. If you are an entrepreneur business leader and you're wondering whether podcasting can help you grow your business, do check them out, orionmedia.com, A-U-R-I-O-N media.com. I'm sure they would love to hear from you. Uh, and in case no one has told you yet today, you, dear listener, are awesome. Yes, you are. It's just a burden you have to bear. Darren has to bear it. I have to bear it. We've just been created awesome. What can I do with that? Uh, Push to be more uh, is produced by Orion Media. You can find their entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainon, Josh Catchpole, Estelle Robin, and Tim Johnson. Uh, our theme music was written by Josh Edmondson. And like I said, if you would like the transcript or show notes from today's show, do head over to the website pushtobemore.com where you can find them for free. So that's it for me. That's it from Darren. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, Until next time, bye for now.